Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Great Detectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcast. And in particular, I want to highlight the amazing world of radio where we are concluding our series of radio adaptations of movies based on radio programs with Sorry, Wrong Number. The Barbara Stanwyck and Burt Lancaster adaptation of the famous Louise Fletcher suspense story. And you can check that out over at amazing.greatdetectives.net tomorrow. Now it's time to get started with this week's Yours Truly Johnny Dollar Serial. The original air dates November 7th and November 8th, 1955. And this is the Lorco Diamond Matter Parts 1 and 2. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ben Tyler, Johnny. Transworld Fidelity. Oh, hi, Ben. Are you free at present? If the price is right. I mean, are you on a job? It's beginning to sound like it. Can you be on a plane for Algiers in two hours? Sure. Who's the client? Uh, Lorco Limited, Amsterdam. You know, they're the... Diamond Cutters, an old firm. Big-time deals all over the world. Check. What happened? Oh, one of their couriers just dropped dead in the Algiers airport. Oh, too bad. He was carrying a briefcase with $100,000 worth of set stones. Top-grade diamonds. Don't tell me, Ben. Let me guess. That's right, Johnny. The briefcase is missing. Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Home Office, Transworld Fidelity Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during investigation of the Lorco Diamonds matter. Item one, $324.60, transportation. A routine plane flight to North Africa and the city of Algiers. It was an easy trip, and I felt relaxed and comfortable. A feeling that was rudely terminated about ten seconds after I got off the plane. You are Monsieur Dollar, are you not? Yeah, that's right. I am Inspector Marcus of the Algerian Customs Police. Oh, how are you, Inspector? Oh, quite well, Monsieur, and vastly reassured now that you have arrived on the scene of the crime. Oh? You see, I have implicit faith in special investigators. I have encountered them in the past, so I have no doubt, but this little affair will prove most simple to you, Monsieur. I see. I feel that in a mere matter of hours, voila, you will produce the guilty culprit like un lapin out of a chapeau. Inspector, I'm beginning to feel a cold wind from the north. That's odd for this time of year, isn't it? A mere passing breed, monsieur. I shall now assume my official attitude. And that is? Extreme courtesy, complete cooperation, and the devoted service of my meager talents. On orders, you understand, from my superiors in Paris. And now, monsieur, if you will accompany me to my office. Delighted to. 
After you, Alphonse. My name is Pierre. Oh, sorry. Just a whimsy. Oh, yes, yes, I know. I have heard the joke. Both jokes. Uh-huh. This way, monsieur. A man from the local diamond firm is waiting for us. A special representative, so he informs me. And so, since you yourself are a special investigator, I could perceive a certain advantage in letting him give you the facts, as I believe you say it in the States. Tie our tails together, sit back, and watch the fur fly, is that it? Well, he is a trifle excitable, but your metaphor, however, escapes me. Oh, I doubt that, Inspector Marcus. In fact, I doubt if much of anything escapes you. You are too kind. Except, of course, a hundred thousand dollars worth I of diamonds. I spoke too hastily. Vanished, disappeared, right under your nose. Oh, uh, well, but there were extenuating circumstances. Oh, I'll bet there were. Uh, tell me something confidentially. Did your superiors in Paris really blow their tops? Monsieur Dallin, if I may borrow one of your more colorful expressions, they said I had probably goofed. <laughs> I'd met that same attitude before with local officials. To them, sending in an outsider implied they couldn't do the job themselves. And Inspector Marcus was on an even hotter spot. The air terminal was a port of entry to Algeria, under his jurisdiction, Customs Police. As he said, he'd goofed. Maybe. It is a matter which has entire past all apprehension. But he was right on one thing. Hans Zeindorf, the local representative, was a trifle excitable. In Amsterdam, it is unthinkable such thing have happened like this. Even in your New York, mein Herr Dollar, it cannot have happened. But here, in Algiers... It have happened. Yeah, yeah, this beautiful diamond gone. All gone. Like barbarians, this Africa is no place for diamonds. Maybe you ought to tell them that in Kimberley. It's differently there. It's entirely different. All right, Mr. Zeindorf. Suppose you tell me just what happened. Who can know, my dear? Fifteen years, this courier has worked for Lorco Company. We are thinking he's trustworthy. Entire trustworthy. Well, even a trustworthy man can die of heart failure. Ah, but he has never had these heart failing before. All right, but... Perhaps it would be better if I were to, with your permission, of course, Monsieur Seindorf. Yeah, 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 you tell. I am not talk this English much good. Uh, precisely, precisely. Uh, these are the facts, Monsieur Dollar. The local courier, a man named Paul Gruber, arrived on the plane from Amsterdam yesterday morning. Yeah, yeah. Did you know he was arriving? I did not know, but the point is a very clever one. So, a short while before landing, Monsieur Gruber was taken suddenly ill. A doctor met the plane, and the stricken man was removed by stretcher and taken to the emergency clinic. In 20 minutes, monsieur, he was dead. Diagnosis, heart failure. Mais c'est la vie. Was there an autopsy, Inspector? Ah, another excellent point, monsieur Deller. Thank you. Yeah, do not mention it. An autopsy is being performed this afternoon. Good. So the courier died. And then the briefcase? It was delivered along with his other personal effects, unopened to the customs property agent here at the airport. And his name, the property agent? André Jourdain. He was very busy at the moment, left the briefcase lying on his desk, intending at the first opportunity to register and place it in the vault. But the opportunity didn't come, is that it? Ah, precisely, precisely. Only a few minutes later, I heard a gunshot. Monsieur, he was lying on the floor in a pool of blood. He had been struck on the head. The briefcase was gone. All gone. This beautiful diamond gone entire. Yeah. When did you find out what was in the briefcase, Inspector? Uh, almost two hours later. I radioed the local firm in Amsterdam, informing them of the death of their employee. 
They replied immediately and stated that the briefcase contained a hundred thousand dollars worth of diamond set pieces. Works of art. Beautiful. One brooch, one uh, necklace, uh, two bracelets. Uh, precisely, precisely. Ah, yes, yes. The jury was being flown here on approval for examination by a prospective buyer. Name of the buyer? The Countess Maria de Tolia. What do you know about her? Ah, Monsieur Dallor. If you had seen her, you would not ask. She is exquisite, lovely, chic, charming, spirited, full of the joie de vie. And no doubt loaded with potatoes. Eh, with a woman like that, who would ever inquire? I would. Since it looks as though she might be the only person in Algiers who knew that a hundred grand worth of jewelry was coming in on that plane. Uh, may we, may we. But she could not have known that the courier was going to drop dead in the airport. Uh, a good point, Inspector. Uh, merci, monsieur. What about that property agent, André Jardin? Any chance of talking to him? Uh, but of course, if he is yet able to talk. Then I guess I'll... Talkings is not enough, my dear. Relax, dad. Mr. Zeindorf. You're covered by insurance. Insurances is money. It's not my diamonds. Oh, well, if you don't want the money, you can always waive your claim. Waive my... Wait. My dear dollar. Are you think that I am crazily? That I am entire crazily? I talked to the plane crew who'd come in on the flight with a dying courier. I talked to Inspector Marcus's men, who'd been with him when he found the property agent lying on the floor of his office. I didn't expect much, and I got just that. But it didn't matter. I figured I may have had my man spotted already. The same old story. An ambitious and underpaid government agent opening a briefcase to register its contents and seeing the diamonds there for the taking. Hiding them quickly, then a fake slugging and firing a gun at a non-existent thief. Yeah, an old, old story. Expense account item two, $3.40. Transportation into town and taxi fare to the Hospital of Our Lady of Sorrows. Inspector Marcus had phoned ahead to authorize my visit. One of the sisters led me down the corridor to the door of Andre Jardine's room. She motioned silently and then turned away. I stepped inside and closed the door. Monsieur? You're Andre Jardine? Me, oui. But yes... What do you want? My name is Johnny Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. My company is the underwriter on the Lorco Diamonds. Why have you come here? Well, to ask a couple of questions. Of course, if you'd like to consult an attorney before... I have nothing to conceal, monsieur. What do you wish to know? Just exactly what happened when that briefcase disappeared. I have told it already to Inspector Marcus. Yes, I know. So now would you mind telling it to me? But there is no... Bien. I was working at the files when someone entered my office. I turned around and saw a man standing there, pointing a gun at me. Ever seen it before? No, monsieur. What did he look like? Well, he was quite tall. Heavy set? No, very thin, tall and thin. European, I believe. All right. What did he do? He ordered me to turn around, stepped up behind me, struck me with the gun. I fell against my desk... He grabbed the briefcase and ran to the door. You were still conscious? Oui, monsieur, but in terrible pain. I fumbled for my gun in the drawer of the desk and fired one shot. It is all I can remember. Uh-huh. You hadn't by any chance opened that briefcase? I had been too busy. And you didn't know what was in it? Not until they told me today. Andre, I wonder if you'd mind if I lifted a corner of that bandage and took a look at that wound on your head. If you are careful, it is very painful. Oh, sure, I'll be careful. 
Uh, lie still now, please. It'll just take a second. I'll lift this edge and... I think I am lucky to be alive. Mm. Yeah, very lucky. Okay, thanks. It is nothing. Andre, do you happen to know the Countess d'Atalia? The Countess? Oh, monsieur, she is unquestionably... Yeah, I know. She's lovely, exquisite, charming, chic. Well, thanks for your cooperation, Andre. A pleasure, monsieur Dollar. Take care of that head. It's the only one you've got. You Americans are so whimsical. Oh, yeah, we're all crazily, entire crazily. My pet theory was starting to limp. That slugging wasn't phony. It had taken 14 stitches to close the cut in Andre's head. Whoever hit him hadn't been kidding. They meant it for keeps. I walked down the corridor and stood waiting for the elevator, thinking it over, trying to figure it out. But no go. I needed more facts. And a moment later, I got more facts. Monsieur Dollar, I thought I would find you here. Uh, a clever piece of deduction, Inspector. Merci bien, monsieur. Don't mention it. What's on your mind? There should be something. Well, there's got to be some reason for that smug grin. What happened? Did the thief confess? Uh, au contraire. I was on the point of asking what progress you were making on the case. You will be happy to hear... None at all. Oh, that is too bad. Uh-uh, Inspector. Eh? Extreme courtesy, complete cooperation, the devoted services of your meager talents, remember? Touché, touché. Actually, I came to tell you that I now had the report of the autopsy, the courier who died of heart failure. Ah. Only, he did not die of heart failure, monsieur. Except, of course, in a very literal sense. Well, what did he die of? Poison. Well, that was the end of a good theory. The courier had started to get sick on the plane, so the robbery and the murder had been planned well in advance of his arrival. By somebody who'd known he was bringing in diamonds. And so far, only one person fit the bill. As lovely, charming, and chic a suspect as you could ever hope to meet. The Countess d'Atalia. Johnny Dollar. This is the Countess Tatolia. Oh, yes. My maid tells me that you were trying to reach me by telephone. That's right, Countess. I want to talk to you. Where are you now? Well, at my residence, of course. Did you think I might come running immediately to your hotel, Mr. Dollar? Not after hearing your description. I'm seldom that lucky. What is it exactly that you wish to talk about? A hundred thousand dollars worth of diamonds and a dead man. I'm a special investigator. I for know the... who you are. I investigate before I call you. Well, not only beautiful, but clever. This ought to be interesting. I'm afraid I don't entirely understand your uh, flippancy. Then suppose I come over and explain it to you. Say around 8 o'clock? I'll make a definite effort to be here. You know something, Countess? I think it's about time somebody built a small fire right under that lovely little complacency of yours. I'll be there at 8 with matches. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Algiers, North Africa, to the Home Office Transworld Fidelity Company, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Lorco Diamonds Matter. Expense account continued. Item four, $6.80, dinner and appetizers. I'm never any good trying to spar with a lovely female suspect on an empty stomach. 
I was finishing up on black Algerian coffee and white Algerian brandy when a slightly green-eyed Algerian police inspector sauntered up to my table. Monsieur, Monsieur Dunner, you special investigators really do live well. In the lap of luxury. Pull up a chair, Inspector. Join me in a sarsaparilla? It is on your expense account. Be my guest. <laughs> Merci, Monsieur. Ah, bon, bon, my favorite brand. Help yourself. Merci. Anything new? Mm, nothing at all. A complete impasse. Allez, votre santé. Mm-hmm. What about the man who sat next to that courier on the plane? Find out anything about him? I'm still working on it. Which is to say, of course, my men are working on it. Ah, you police inspectors really do live well. I have to do my own legwork. Ah, but the glory, Monsieur Dollar. To come into a mysterious affair which has all the local police baffled. And to solve it immediately in one brilliant feat of deduction. To leave everyone gasping with admiration. To make one's exit to the sound of great applause. Not so fast, Inspector. I'm still back there with that brilliant feat of deduction. You have not yet found this solution? Uh, just on the verge. Ah. Then I will drink to your success. Uh, with your brandy, of course, and with your permission. Go ahead, drink up a storm. But I'm afraid I'll have to leave you pretty soon, but you can still go No, ahead. no, 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 monsieur. I suggest you change your plans. You will learn nothing which has any bearing on this matter. Which plan do you mean? That of questioning the Countess de Hotelier. Now, who found that out? As a matter of fact, she phoned me and inquired about you. Ah, oh, so that's how she investigated me. Went straight to headquarters. Ah, mais oui, mais oui. Ah, remarkable woman. Talented, beautiful. Et cetera, et cetera, and so on. And along with it, it's nine to one. She's in it right up to her pretty neck. Ah, no, 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 no. She's really not the type. Mm, this is an excellent brandy, monsieur. Uh, an Algerian brand. All right, Inspector, let's bypass the byplay and lay them out face up. I think I prefer it to cognac. I don't know how she does it, but she's got you hypnotized. Just mention of her name and you go into a tailspin. Every cockeyed one of you. Exquisite. Love. Maybe so, but in my book, she's a real suspect. Uh, Elucidate, monsieur. Well, it's simple enough. She's the only person in Algiers, that we're sure of at least, who knew that a shipment of diamonds was coming in on that plane. Why? Because she's the one who ordered them. Uh, Monsieur, it is even simpler. She could not have poisoned the courier because she was not on that plane. She could not have stolen the briefcase from the customs property agent because it was done by a man. So, pst, where is your case? An accomplice, a man, with the countess calling the shots for him. What man, monsieur? Well, you got a good point there. <laughs> Merci bien, monsieur. Don't mention it. But from the influence she seems to have, it might be any man in Algiers. Inspector, it wasn't you by any chance. Hmm. You raise a very interesting point. Now, suppose the Countess should ask me to kill someone for her. I wonder what I would do. A page boy came into the dining room looking for me. I followed him out and took the phone call in the hotel lobby. It was the American consulate with some information I'd asked for them earlier. I hung up finally and looked at my watch. I was already late for my appointment with the Countess. So I walked out the door of the hotel and flagged a taxi to the apartment of the Countess de Tolia. She lived in the swank Gentil Bois de Loué, a residential district favored by top government officials and wealthy French businessmen. But the building she lived in was a little frayed around the edges, and the maid she'd mentioned was nowhere in sight. The pieces were starting to fit together. Good evening, Mr. Dollar. Countess? Since you are here, won't you come in? Thanks. This way, please. 
I'm rather surprised that you came. I was really not expecting you. Yes, I know. Did uh, Inspector Marcus find you? Uh, look, suppose we get it straight right now. You seem to have a lot of influence with the inspector and probably with his superiors, too, from what I hear. Sit down, Mr. Dollar. Thanks. Well, do we play cat and mouse for a while, or do you want to give up right now, hand them over, and, as they say, throw yourself on the mercy of the court? I would like a cigarette. You could always claim that you fell in with evil companions or that a man led you astray. They're in the box there by your elbow. A tall, thin man, for instance, with his collar turned up and his hat pulled down, carrying a gun when last seen after slugging a customs agent at the Algiers airport. Mr. Dollar, are you opposed to smoking on moral grounds? No, but I'm opposed to murder. Have a cigarette? Thank you. Light? Is there any other way of smoking them? (laughs) Mr. Dollar, I expected you to come here and be annoying, but I didn't know you were going to be insulting as well. That's just my mean personality. You seem to be under the ridiculous impression that I actually had something to do with this crime. I think you had plenty to do with it. A sort of uh, arch criminal, perhaps? Or what is it you call them in the States? Uh, Big shot? Oh, Countess, you're a scream. I'll bet that courier died laughing. If you have a reason for these opinions, or believe you have a reason, I think you'd better tell me about it. Otherwise, good night. Oh, I I have more than one reason. In the first place, I'm not certain that anyone besides you even knew the diamonds were being sent here. Except for the Lorco Company, of course, and they wouldn't be likely to advertise it. Mr. Dollar, all of my friends and most of my acquaintances have known for three weeks that I'd ordered that jewelry. Oh? Well, I have a copy here of a letter that was sent to you by registered airmail from the Lorco Company in Amsterdam a week ago today. According to post office records, you received it two days later. Remember it? Yes, I remember. It states the name, flight number, and time of arrival of that courier who was murdered. I said I remember And it cautions you specifically not to give that information to anybody. So even if other people did know, you're the only one who knew the exact time the diamonds were coming in and exactly who was bringing them. All right. Perhaps I am at fault in a way. There was a cocktail party at the government club the same evening I got the letter... I forgot it for a moment and told someone about it. Who? Just a girl I happened to be talking What's to. What's her name? It doesn't matter. She was just stopping over on a world cruise. Anybody else here? I don't know. The place was packed. Government men, business people, army, navy officers. Anyone might have heard. Ah. Uh-huh. Was Inspector Marcus at the party by any chance? Yes. I spoke with him during the evening. Mr. Dollar, I'll admit I was wrong, but there is hardly grounds for... All right, let's get to point three. The Countess Maria D'Atalia, Italian by birth, title inherited, old family, goes back through one line, in fact, to Lucretia Borgia. I did not poison the courier. Your family estates were confiscated by Mussolini. Family migrated to Bizerti, and then to Lisbon for three years. You left them there and went on to London... Since the war, you've lived in Paris, on the Riviera, back to London, Mallorca, and finally here. Have you been following me, Mr. Dollar? The consular was pretty thorough. Anyway, you're well known in the international set, accepted everywhere, and apparently able to get along fine on your title and your looks. It is not very pleasant to be dissected while one is still alive. As a matter of fact, your flat broke. You've been living on credit for the last four months. I think you have gone 
About far enough. And yet three weeks ago, you ordered $100,000 worth of jewelry sent to you on approval. How did you plan to pay for it? Or did you know you wouldn't have to pay for it because it was never going to be delivered? Get out of here. I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to answer your insulting questions. My private affairs are my own concern. The ice finally melted, and now you're going to blow your top. Get out or so help me, I'll kill you. You mean me, too? You... Oh, Oh, hey, put that down. Don't throw that. Why, you little devil. Stay back. Let go of me. Settle down, then, and stop throwing things. I will do as I please. It is a my house. So far. <laughs> oh, good Lord. A woman who can even cry beautifully. Oh, leave me alone. Oh, you're unbelievable, baby. The boys were right. You're everything they said you were. Oh, it's too bad. Go away. All right. But before I do... What are you going... No, don't, don't... Why did you kiss me? Oh, it beats me. Just call it a sudden impulse. Then you have changed your mind? You don't really think I'm guilty? Oh, honey, I still think you're in this up to your ears. And I'll still bring you to trial if I can. And I still want to kiss you. You figure it out. Why oh, figure it, honey? I liked it too. Oh, you ought to be locked up. If for no other reason, just to protect the guys who... What is it, Johnny? What are you going... That cigarette in the ashtray. Put it out fast. Get the windows open, all of them. Where's your kitchen? Back through the hall. Johnny, what are you going to do? Stay alive, if I can. It was gas fumes, one of the bottled gases they use for cooking in the higher-priced apartment districts. The concentration had been building up and finally seeped into the drawing room. If we'd lit another match, we'd have been blown to bits kitchen was dark, but I didn't dare snap a light switch. One spark would do it. So I held my breath and followed the sound and finally found the range. Every burner valve was wide open. I could vaguely make out a glass chain door opening onto a terrace. I grabbed a breath of air and moved toward another door that looked as though it might open into a hall. It didn't. It opened into a closet, and on the closet floor there was a body. What happened, Johnny? Why did you go... Who's that? He's a man from the Lorco Company. Name is Zeindorf. Zeindorf? But where did you find him? Out there on the floor of a closet. Why? What was he doing here? You tell me. I don't understand it. He has no business here. What is wrong with him, Johnny? Well, right at the moment, he seems to be a little bit dead. There'll be another intriguing episode in our story of the Lorco Diamonds matter tomorrow. Tomorrow, a desperate fight in an Algiers alley, a killer is named, and a lovely lady confesses her shame. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of 
Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. Welcome back. Well, some solid mystery elements. I love them taking Johnny Dollar to Algiers. It's really good for them to play with the idea that they can take the series anywhere. They can set episodes anywhere. And so going to a unique locale, I think, is a great idea. Also, I love Jay Novello here, who, to me, he is playing a sassier version of Captain Zabaya, the great police foil character on Rocky Jordan, which Novello also played. Now, Johnny's approach is a bit rough, I, I have to say. Now, in one way, it's not quite as bad as it might appear, because... As an outside investigator, Johnny's job is to look at options that the police haven't considered. And so, in many ways, he's kind of a troubleshooter at this point. It's been days since the original theft occurred, so he's looking at what other options could be the solution. And so I kind of give some leeway on the whole theorizing without facts thing that I quoted in regards to Markham on Philo Vance a few weeks ago. But his approach to the Countess, asking if she would confess and return the diamonds, that was a bit much. Yes, the police and all of the locals are way too smitten with the Countess to give her the consideration as a potential suspect, but Johnny's kind of goes to jumping to conclusions and actual questioning, when really he needs information to kind of confirm or disprove his suspicions. Now, of course, to say there's a flaw in the investigation isn't to say there's a flaw in the story. You're definitely getting the picture of Johnny and his humanity as he tries to unravel this case. One thing I didn't quite get was the Alphonse joke at the airport. Inspector Marcus got it, but I didn't. And I looked into, like, some movies that I thought it might have been a reference from, and I, I could not find it anywhere. If anyone would enlighten me, I would definitely appreciate it. Listener comments and feedback now. Rabidude writes... Uh, regarding the Alvin Summers matter. Okay, I'm in. I like Bob Bailey. Great writing in this episode. And then Evelyn says, 
thanks so much for all you do to keep the interest alive for something that I love. Well, thank you so much, Evelyn. I definitely appreciate it. All right, well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Doug, Patreon supporter since October 2016, currently supporting the program at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Doug. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to follow it using your favorite podcast software. And if you are enjoying us, please be sure to rate and review us wherever you're downloading us from. We will be back on Friday with the conclusion of the Lorco Diamond Matter, but join us back here tomorrow for Dangerous Assignment, where... What? <coughs> the notorious jewel thief. Yeah, I see the news travels fast, Sari. I believe the police are quite anxious to find me. I don't doubt it. So... I understand now why you wish to escape from this country. Look, I'm trying to find Corvell. That jewel business was a frame. Too bad. What's too bad? You would make such a nice jewel thief. It gives you color. Oh, color yet. I like you, Stephen. I think you're peachy, too. Now let's get going, huh? Oh, very well. Come on. Here is my car. We will drive as far as the border. Okay. What happens then? Well, when I get you across the border, one of my men will take you the rest of the way. Hey. Hmm? What's the matter? A guy running across the street at us. Get going, it's Marzak. Oh? Who is Marzak? The guy who rigged the jewel frame on me. Hey, he's trying for the running board. You will not get away, Mitchell. Yes, Marzak. Oh, Oh, very neat, Steven. Listen, sirens. Marzak must have tipped the cops I'd be around this neck of the woods. This is just wonderful. Oh, are you always in trouble? Look, I'm to trouble what honey is to a bear. Now, come on, keep that gas pedal down to the floor. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.